What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 68. My name is Josh, joined by my good friend Brett Roberts. As always, HBOT's a little fucking stupid bitch. Um, that's it. We're back. Kind of fucked up. I know. So, Brett, we took a few weeks off uh, due to me. What happened? Do Where were you? Narnia. How was it? Seeing the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Cold. It's cold. Uh, no. But in all reality, I am in a production of a musical right now. Still in it. We're open and running. But I don't have rehearsals every day, uh, every week. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I went. I went to your show, and it was good. You did. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Glad you liked it. Yuki, going this weekend to my show? Seriously? What? What? That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's a good time. It's a great wow, time. That's awesome. I uh, appreciate that, Yuki. Um, thank you. But yeah, so I mean, a uh, little background on me, I guess, quickly. I mean, I've I've been involved in musical theater for a long time. It's been a long time since I performed. Um, I direct musical theater pretty much every year uh for uh, a program but it's been a while since i performed so i wanted to kind of get back into it uh and it's fun it's been it's been good uh to get back out there and do it i think it adds a good it, it was a good touchstone again for me i think as a director which is ultimately what i want to do to like get back in the saddle and do it yourself you know what i mean when you're working yeah. with actors and you ask them to do stuff it's easy it's one thing to say hey do this you know what i mean it's another thing to like go do it yourself so it was good it was a little humbling you know to go you want to know something it. something interesting what's that the last show i saw you perform in mm -hmm. was phantom of the opera mm -hmm. in high school yep. and i know that you're you're you know your little thing that you do i don't want to say too much obviously uh but the thing that you do is doing phantom of the opera next. yes so you're so, directing phantom yeah so i'm directing phantom of the opera this year uh, this summer, and that was the last show that I was in before the one that I'm currently in. Uh, oh, that was your that was the last one too that you were actually that in. Was, oh no, no, it's not. I'm sorry, I lied to you. I did, <clears throat> I did, I did Guys and Dolls my senior year of high school. Okay. I forgot about that, but still, about ten years. But anyway, so yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate the support from you and Yuki. Appreciate that you're uh, you're going. Uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, I'll make sure that I I stop uh, out afterwards and say hi to you. If you let me know what day you're going. Um, and then also some other housekeeping stuff too, uh, while Christian is here, I don't know what Mr. Cumpkins means. Christian says he may tag along as well. I've got to figure out what this weekend is. Uh, gotcha. Uh, well, I appreciate it if you come too. but, uh, speaking of save before quitting Christians from save before quitting, uh, a lot of people that are in here, you know, are save before quitting fans, uh, as well. A lot of cross pollination there. Uh, we wanted to take a second and shout out Ant. Yeah, we just wanted to give him our support, let him know that we're thinking of him. And uh, I know he's, he's going through some stuff right now. So everyone go show him some love and uh, wish you the best. And, you know, we wish you know, that uh, you and Christian can get back to your, your pod and do your thing. Yeah. And if you're, excuse me, watching this on playback or live and you're not in chat, uh, make sure that you subscribe to Say Before Quitting. Go check check out uh, their shit, um, particularly missing ants. I mean, you know, no offense to Christian, but. Missing Ants, uh, he does those like retro streams, which I've actually been enjoying and have been turned on to some games from it. So, shout out to him. Um, 
yeah. wishing him for a, a speedy and good recovery. Absolutely. So that's it. And then next week, uh, episode 69, it's a big one for us, as big you know, episode. episode episode 69. You got to go big, right? Nice. Yep. So we're going to have our former co-host, Stephen Heavenstreet, on the show. And he is going to uh, come on and we're going to do an episode of Half the Cast with him. <laughs> Just like the good old times. Excuse me, I'm getting over a little bit of a head cold. Yep. But uh, yeah, Stephen's going to be on, hopefully, if everything goes well. Our uh, schedules line up, and we're ha- we're gonna have a uh, action-packed episode number sixty-nine at the cast. So. Yeah, that's Stephen, uh, not the other one that you're thinking there, Christian. Um, yeah. Although, although you know what, at this point, at this point in my life, come on back, dude. Not forever, just for one. No, yeah, for for one. Yeah, I'm I'm over I'm, I'm over whatever it is that occurred. So. Me too. Yeah, I'd be open if, if he watches us, which I don't know if he does, but I would be open for him to come on for one as well. Uh, yeah. It's been a long time. So, so anyway, uh, transitioning before we get ourselves in trouble here. Uh, topic rundown. Uh, we have the Abysmal Chronicles, as always, a couple of interesting stories in there. Uh, looping back around on a few things um, that we've talked about in the past. Um, our main topics, of course, talking about Ubisoft. Uh, we made a deal with them today. Uh, we're buying Ubisoft, so Haptic Media LLC is acquiring Ubisoft, uh, the publisher, yeah. the massive video game publisher. So you heard it here first. Um, then we're going to be talking about uh, God of War, Ragnarok, as well, uh, and how it's definitely not coming this year. I don't care what anybody says. It's not happening. And then Indie Intel uh, this week, a little game called No Return, uh, which looks like it was also picked up by IGN, so it could be gaining some steam. Um, so Brett will be bringing that to you later because I know nothing about it. So... Um, we'd run over our upcoming schedule. We shout out to Ant. We suck people off. Um, let's do our media consumption update. Yes. Where do you want to start? Well, it's been quite a few weeks since the it last episode. Has. We're not going to be able to talk about everything we've watched and, and played, but I think I see our list here. We have a couple of good things. So let's yes. start with the big one in our movie category. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Uh, what a film. So here's here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Maybe recency bias. Well, first of all, this is not recency bias. This is a this is a rock fact for you. One of my the, my favorite movies I've seen in quite a long time. Uh, this this is an incredible film. So imaginative. So so much fun. So ridiculous and yet grounded and human at the same like time. Uh, I. Utterly was enamored with this film uh, throughout the entire runtime. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely one of the most favorite, one of my most favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Definitely this year already, it's number one, I would say. Uh, And, you know, of all time, it's up there. Uh, I think, like you said the other day, like, oh, dude, you were joking and you said, like, better than Parasite. And then we were both like, well, maybe not. But, yeah, um, that might be, that might be too soon. Also, vastly different films parasite is yeah uh horror movie in my they're both just fantastic so (laughs) yeah they are um and also i just i'm I'm here to tell you my man i know uh parasite is korean and everything everywhere all at once has half uh like white dude half chinese um people that create it but i want to say uh asian filmmakers in general right now 
and television is kind of where it's at, my man, because this movie fucking slapped, and um, I'm I'm happy that the East is getting recognition in the West um, with some of the stuff. And then Yuki says in the chat, uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but Michelle, you, you, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she's an incredible actress. I mean, she's been in a million other things, but she is freaking awesome. In this, the entire cast is awesome. In this, you blew my mind about who the dad is in this. Yeah, yeah I had no dad, idea. The dad is one of the kids from the Goonies and from Indiana Jones. Uh, and he hasn't yeah. had a, a role since those films when he was a kid. Dude. He crushes it in this. He fucking knocks it out of the fucking park. He was my favorite character in the whole movie. I have to tell you, I'm I might agree I, with you on that. I loved him. Um, what's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis also has a banger performance in this movie. So does the the rest of the supporting cast. It's really a, a it's really an imaginative, creative, um, awesome, awesome movie. So highly recommend yeah. it. Christian says he might go see that tomorrow. I uh, saw said he saw the Northman. It was phenomenal. I want to see that movie really bad. Yeah. And uh, the fanny pack fight, dude. Yeah, dude. Come on now. Dude, when he takes the chapstick and eats it and then goes ham. Yeah. Come on. Listen, dude. Hot dog fingers. That's all I'll tell you. All right? Yeah. Hot dog fingers was great. All right. What else? What else do you want to do? You want to go now or. Um, yeah, I, I can. So. Continuing with movies, last night I watched Welcome to Raccoon Shitty. Uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Wasn't terrible. I don't think it was like an abomination like a lot of people made it out to be. Uh, it's not very good. Um, it's not very bad either. It's just kind of meddling. Uh, what I will say, though, when you ignore the dialogue and everything else, there's some really cool set pieces from the game's uh, like painstaking recreations of the Spencer Mansion and of our uh, Raccoon Police Department, um, that I think were awesome. There's some really awesome touchstones to the games. Uh, where if you've played specifically Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Two, maybe even more so, uh, you will you'll pick up on stuff. There's some shot for shot remake sequences. There's some there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, it's not great. Uh, it's not terrible. Um, I think the cast does what they can with what they're given. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and there are the guy God. the guy that plays Chris, I think, was actually the best cast of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um and listen, there's some there's some actually well crafted horror sequences in it too. Um and some cool makeup. So uh and Wait, yes. Yes. The dude from Victorious is Leon? Yes. No way. That's him? I'm pretty sure that's him, yeah. Oh my god yeah oh my my mind is blown yeah wow so anyway i mean if you're a resident evil fan i think you could find some enjoyment wow. in it i did you know shut your brain off type movie um but, did you yeah. agree with what i said how they they were trying to appease fans with all these things but at the same time it was a slap in the face yeah for sure narratively i mean it's a fucking mess yeah um they show a liquor yeah one single for two liquor. seconds yeah yeah um Looked looked really good though. <laughs> it looked yeah. really good. Uh, I will say that very ending. There's a train sequence right from Resi Two. Uh, mm. The train looked really bad, CG wise. Yeah. It was like the one thing that we I was like, oh, did they run out of money <laughs> or something? Yeah, at the very end, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, uh, let me do TV and anime, and then I'll go back. Actually, I lied. Let me end with TV and anime so I can transition on the one that we both watched together. Game, oh, okay, good. Games. Yeah. Uh, Started up Apex Legends again. Got back into it a little bit. 
uh, I'm telling you right now, we're fucking gods at that game. Uh, we are so good at it. It's not even funny, but that game still sucks my ass. Um, anyway, um, MLB The Show 22, I platinumed. Um, Insane. It, Dude, it took me, without trying, like three or four sessions of like maybe an hour each. Like it was laughable how easy it was. That's so bad. Uh, if you played it before, then, you know. Uh, Christian, y'all trying to hop on a tonight? Um, yeah, I might. I'll hop on after this. Um, so, MLB The Show twenty two platinum. It. I got it on PlayStation for the platinum specifically, uh, even though it's on Game Pass and I'm bad. Um, I played a, the Phantom Menace of Lego Star Wars. I'm here to tell you, I think the game is great. I think the game is exactly what it should be. I think I don't want to play it at all. And I don't like it. And uh, it just... I i was really expecting to, I think as I said, uh, suck that game the fuck off. And I started playing it and I was like, wow. Uh, I don't want to play this at all. Yeah, I think it could have really benefited from online multiplayer. I think that's the one thing that really holds it back. Yeah. It's killing me because it's not bad. And like, it's exactly what it should have been. But... I just, I don't know, man. It just didn't, it just, it didn't work for me. So, hey. Um, we both started Resident Evil 5 yesterday. Uh, more on that later. It's fine. So, it'll be a fun little co-op experience. Maybe we'll do, since we're not streaming it, maybe we'll do a video. Um, you know, reviewing it. We're talking about it at some point for our Resident Evil fans. Um, and then last but not least, the game I've been playing the most that I've been taking my, my Pinor to the grindstone on is Sekiro. Oh. Uh, I'm not too old for Legos. It might just be too old for Lego video games. Um, so Sekiro. So why did I start playing Sekiro, Brett? Old game. Well, I wasn't feeling Star Wars. I was really feeling coming off high from Elden Ring. I was like, I want more. I want to play more from games right now. It's like Bloodborne's out of the question, only runs at 30 FPS. I haven't beat Sekiro. Hated that game. Never thought it was a, like a bad game, quote unquote. I know it's people love that game and it's not bad. I was just really, really bad at it, which made me say it was bad. And it is really challenging. <clears throat> but I went back to it and I was like, all right. I'm going to actually try to learn how to play this game. And play it. It took me about 10 hours. To really get into it. Um, and. A lots of. Lots of deaths to later on bosses. Although I will say. I got past the first boss. That was my barrier before. On my first attempt this time. Wow. So I took some time to figure out. To learn it. I watched some. Thank you. I, I watched some, because there was something missing in my brain, dude. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? One two-minute video changed my entire perspective of the game. They said, don't worry about the health bars. The health bars don't matter. Worry about the poise stance. I knew it was yeah. a thing in the game, was never focused on it. And I was like, all right, so how do I do that? You parry, basically. You have, to, you have to parry. Parry frames in this game are way more forgiving than any other From game, because it was literally... The mechanic it wants you to use yeah so i did that and i started blowing through it my man honestly 
uh, and I, I'm loving it. It's fucking awesome. Um, I've had some challenging boss fights now. Uh, like, uh, I just did one, took me over 30 attempts, but I learned it, and um, I love it. Um, and it's clicking with me, and it's fucking awesome. So, I also tried it, and again, and I don't like it at all. That's fine. It's, listen, <clears throat> people that say it's From's easiest game is fucking, that's wrong. It's not yeah, no. true. It's hard. It is challenging. It is also not an accessible From game if you're a From stan, if you're a Dark Souls fan. Yeah. It is completely different and asks you to play it a completely different way. And you have to be open to receiving it <laughs> that way. Otherwise, like any other From game, you're going to fail. Um, so I'm really loving it. I'm like 30 hours in now. Um, I don't know how far in I am. I'm just I'm just enjoying it and playing it at my pace. If I get to a point where like I'm at a boss and there's nothing else to do and I keep failing, I'm like, let's just put it down. I'll come back to it tomorrow. Uh, and I'm doing that and I'm loving it. I'm not getting frustrated. I'm not like throwing my controller at the wall. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth right now actually as it is because that's not who i am at all but i'm like no. not getting frustrated with the game when i can't do something i'm like all right i need to step away and i'll come back later um so i don't know maybe elden ring finally broke me of my fucking rage maybe but, i'm happy so, for you i'm happy you're enjoying it so i'm loving it man i really am and i'm i can't believe i'm saying that so anyway yeah. that's it for me oh wait no i forgot <clears throat> tv and anime that's right all right let me blow through these my dress up darling still watching that uh i will i will I watched the John Wayne Gacy tapes, uh, Conversations with a Killer on Netflix. Uh, that shit fucking blows my ass. I knew all that stuff. Uh, there's better John Wayne Gacy docs out there. Watch those. I see we missed a bunch in chat. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll see if that rage makes a comeback in Apex. It absolutely will. Um, and then, last but not least, Severance, dude. Fucking Severance. One of the best television shows, one of the best first seasons of a television show I've ever witnessed in my entire fucking life, my man. That fucking show slaps. Yeah, it's a really, really, really unique concept. I also watched it and I finished it. Yeah. Um, really unique concept. Really good execution. Uh, the acting is phenomenal. The editing is insane. It's Your face is so bright right now. I know. I have. The, the the time of day is changing over here, so I'm gonna have to adjust uh, some stuff. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. The biggest problem with this show is that it's on Apple TV. Mm -hmm. So, well, problem for some people. Yeah, yar so, har. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, shout out to Christian actually from Say Before Quitting and in the chat for recommending that. That is a fucking top tier wreck, my boy. Uh, that show fucking slaps, blew my mind, and I'll tell you why it really did, and then I'll turn it over to you and I'll shut up. Liminal space horror fuckery shit, some of my favorite fucking shit in the entire world. Creepy pastas with liminal spaces, basically taking like these fucking obscure ass normal spaces, but making them feel so far dis detached from reality that it fucking causes you panic. This show taps into that fucking so perfectly, and I love it. That's it. And yeah, Ben, just... dude, Ben Stiller, I can't believe he wrote and directed the show. Ben wrote fucking, it too? yes, Ben fucking I didn't know he Stiller. Wrote it. Yeah, he's wow. one of the creators. Yeah. It's really good. And it makes you think. Like, I was actually thinking, like, damn, would I take Severance? Would I do it? I absolutely I would. 100%.
save me from this fucking earth. All right. I'm going to go real quick because we got a long show. We got to get through some shit. So, all right. All right, moving on. Documentary I never thought I would watch, but I watched it on a recommendation from you and our friend Brandon Bloomer. Uh, It's a movie called The Alpinist. It's about a guy who does free solo climbing, which is basically when you climb mountains and mountain faces without any ropes or anything and no parachute, and you just climb. And this dude, I forget his name, but he was the best at it. And he literally didn't do it for fame. He would literally just go out and do it and not tell anyone and did not want any fame from it or anything. He just got like a spiritual connection from it. Uh, It replaced drugs in his life. uh, So that was a cool element. Uh, And the shots that they get of this man climbing this mountain or these mountains is insane. And it'll make you want to rip your fucking heart out because it'll be beating so fast. Uh, So check it out. I don't care anything about mountain climbing or hiking or anything like that. And this documentary was awesome. Pretty much. All right. Anime, uh, anime called Wicked City. It's a movie. Uh, it's sci-fi. It's demons and police and all that shit. I watched it. It was pretty good. Uh, very bad voice acting if you watch the English dub because it's from like the early 90s, late 80s. Um, but it was actually kind of funny too, so... Is that is that tied to the Demon City Shinjuku? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's a spiritual precursor or if it's a prequel to Demon City Shinjuku. Um, but yeah, it's it's part of the that universe. Cool. All right, and then everything everywhere all at once. We already mentioned uh, TV and anime. So Severance, as we mentioned, Steins Gate Zero. I am back on the Steins Gate train, trying to finish this show. Um, I love Steins Gate. I played the game. I've watched the whole anime series. I watched all the movies. Big fan of time travel stuff. So I had to give Steins Gate Zero, which is the sequel, a shot. And the anime is very slow. They're focusing on shit that I don't care about. I want them to just get to the point. There's barely any time travel so far. Uh, it needs to pick up because I'm going to. I actually dropped it for months because I was bored. Mm-hmm. And I watched two episodes yesterday and I like. I was just fucking like not interested at all. Yeah. Uh, and then I started Megalobox Nomad, which is the sequel to Megalobox, which is an awesome anime. And it's very dark and different than season one. And uh, Earless Joe is a drug addict. It's five years later, and my man is just on pills and alcohol, and it's on that good cushion alcohol, if you know what I'm saying. Hell yeah, brother. But uh, I'm only one episode in, and I'm, I'm digging the aesthetic. It's dark. It's more cinematic. I like it a lot. Cool. Uh, I want to jump on what Yuki says in the chat here real quick. Uh, uh, Yuki asked, y'all going to jump on Spy X or Spy Cross Family, Spy X Family? Uh, I've been meaning to ask you about this. We need this. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, curated ASAP, if you understand what I'm saying. I got you. Uh, Apparently, it's slick as fuck. It's getting deep-throated. It's about a spy that has to, I think, form a family for a mission that he has to do. I've heard great things about it. So I would like to, Yuki, yes. Uh, And then, yes, there's a Megalobox sequel that just came out. Yeah, yeah, Megalobox Nomad, it's called. It's a season two uh, to Megalobox. Um, One day, this clip will be used in court. Dude, I, I, that's what I'm saying. We gotta, we gotta relax. Um, Listen, dude. Take me to take me to court, like Amber Heard. As wow. soon as I said that, Christian put that in the chat. I see that. Anyway, all right. 
rounding out games, uh, Lego Star Wars, I'm also playing. I'm on the Clone Wars, and I just haven't had the desire to, like, go back. I think it being open world kind of is a detriment to the game because I just want to progress, and I just want to, like, play through the story. And they got me walking through the fucking Citadel and whatever the fuck it's called, and I just want to play, dude. Um, mm. So that's my take on Lego Star Wars. Uh, Resident Evil 5, I'm digging it with you playing it with you it's interesting playing basically resident evil 4 co-op mm. uh the game's not very great but it's, it's fun. awesome dude it's awesome and then finally you and i played a couple of uh nights of long Vinter. oh i forgot about that yeah yeah and uh long Vinter is a game we actually covered for indie intel a couple weeks ago and what i'm here to tell you the game's good um yeah it's not the most fleshed out game yet it's still an alpha but it's fun it is fun <clears throat> and don't forget save before quitting when it's better we're gonna have a custom server you know um all right <clears throat> anything else from you that's it all right let's go into the abysmal chronicles i'm gonna need a quick little tune play it oh that's actually way quieter than i thought it was there you go Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Abysmal Chronicles. This is the section of our podcast where we go over some of the news stories that were just a little bit too abysmal to make it as main topics, which we'll get into a little bit later. But first, before we get into the stories, we've got yeah. some video game releases coming out. Yep. Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, which is the Battle Royale game, is coming out for PlayStation 5 and PC April 27th, which is two days yeah. away. <clears throat> I want to check this out. Uh, and with you, yeah. too, Christian. I don't know if you heard about this, but could be good he, he played it i think oh good shit yeah i think christian played it uh cities vr is coming out for oculus quest 2 on april 28th so all you vr heads game for you and then finally nintendo Ooh. switch sports will be launching on april 29th obviously for the switch this is the game that is basically Wii sports on the switch so very cool very cool that's all i got for you in terms of releases so let's uh let's jump into some stories here yeah there's some fucking turd ass shit in this stuff brother there's some good stuff, too. Yeah. So, if you guys remember a couple months back, there was a big NVIDIA leak where a whole database of NVIDIA was, was leaked out and a bunch of <laughs> games were mentioned. We have a whole so, video on it. Yeah, we have a whole video where we talked about all the games. So, here's a new story that came out uh, today, actually, from GameSpot. The NVIDIA games leak is getting more interesting following the Kingdom Hearts 4 announcement. So, if you didn't see a couple weeks ago, or last week, maybe, we weren't doing the pod, and Kingdom Hearts 4 just shadow dropped the trailer. Right. Yeah. So, I want to talk about that really quickly, because Sora, like, is just, like, in an apartment building in Tokyo. What the fuck is that? And then a giant monster... Okay. Anyway, uh, I know you're not a Kingdom Hearts head, but some of the people in the chat... I could not care less about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and, and Christian put in the chat, Star Wars and Kingdom Hearts 4, that's the real story here. Yeah, there was actually, in the trailer, there's, like, a forest, and what looks like an AT-80 or ST uh, foot. So we might finally be getting Star Wars in Kingdom Hearts. Cool. But anywho, uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 was among the dozens of titles listed in the GeForce Now database, which leaked in 2021. Right. The fact that Kingdom Hearts 4 is a real game doesn't mean that all the leaked games are genuine and will be announced or released, but it's an intriguing development at the same time. So basically what this story is saying is if Kingdom Hearts 4 was in this leak and it's now confirmed, what else was in this leak that could possibly Everything. be real? It's all real. 
100% all of it. It's 100% all real confirmed. So in terms of unannounced games in the leak that proved to be real, Kingdom Hearts 4 is joined by God of War for PC and the GTA remasters through the GTA, the trilogy, definitive edition. Right. Uh, The leak also mentioned Street Fighter 6 and Crisis 4, both of which have been subsequently revealed officially. Yeah. I also think it didn't it mention Siphon Filter, which was just rated for PS5. You're correct. So uh, the leak also included Resident Evil 4 remake, which is rumored, but not confirmed yet. Right. It's which, confirmed, which means it's confirmed now. Right. Uh, and then Gear 6, Dragon's Dogma 2, Titanfall 3, Tekken 8, Monster Hunter 6, Final Fantasy 9 remake and a remaster of Half-Life 2 were also included. Yeah. Uh, none of those games have been officially announced yet. Yep. Everything, everywhere, all at once are all real, as Christian says in the chat. That's right. Uh, the full list of leaked games has over 18,000 titles, but I want to reiterate that includes titles that have already been released, uh, titles that are recently confirmed and some games that are not confirmed. Right. Uh, but it's not 18,000 new games. It's, you know, a mixture of games that are already out too. Yeah. Titanfall three coming 2025. See, we'll see. All right. The next story, infinity ward seemingly teases modern warfare two with their social media pages going dark. This is also coming from GameSpot. Bravo team going dark, right? Something like that. Something like that. So Infinity Ward's social media pages have gone dark in an apparent viral marketing campaign to promote this year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which I did not know comes out this year. Uh, The veteran Call of Duty studio, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages have all had their logos updated to literally go dark through brightening the image. Oh, though brightening the image may reveal clues. Uh, IGN has discovered that brightening up the new image seems to show the face of Simon Ghost Riley, famous character in the Modern Warfare universe that they killed off for no fucking apparent reason. Uh, On Monday, Activision Blizzard management shared some additional morsels of information, confirming that Modern Warfare 2 is the most advanced entry in the series so far. So... Uh, yes, Christian, I saw the King Kong and Godzilla event. Pretty, yeah. I mean, it looks cool, but it's also very milk toast. But anyway. Apparently, uh, Warzone 2 will be coming with this as well. So I'll give you a Warzone 2. I don't know what that means, but... I have nothing to add to this other than I don't care about Call of Duty ever again. So. Yeah. This one's pretty, pretty big, pretty breaking news. Uh, Elon Musk is officially buying Twitter for $44 billion. This is coming from GameSpot again. Uh, it's official. Twitter is selling to Elon Musk. Twitter said in a press release that it has entered into a definitive agreement to sell to Elon Musk for $54.20 per share, which values the deal at around $44 billion. Uh. Upon completion of the transaction, Twitter will become a privately held company, the company said. Twitter's independent board chair, Brett Taylor, no relation to me, said, uh, the Twitter board conducted a thoughtful and comprehensive process to access Elon's proposal with a deliberate focus on value, certainty, and financing. The proposed transaction will deliver a substantial cash premium, and we believe it is the best path forward for Twitter's stockholders. Musk had this to say, I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, I guess Brett is your surname now, huh? Instead of well, your... his first name his first name is Brett with one T. So no relation. That's not really how it works, but all right. Um here's what I'm gonna say about this. It, it's a dangerous precedent. But I also don't really give a shit. And I don't care. Fuck Twitter, fuck Elon Musk. All billionaires must die. That's it. I am actually for this. I think that Twitter is abysmal. And a lot of the things that he's saying he wants to bring to Twitter are pretty cool, especially authenticating every user to reduce spam bots. There's a big problem with spam bots on Twitter, a uh, big problem with fake accounts, big problem with bullying, harassment, hate, um, fake news, quite frankly. Uh, I'm not saying that from that political side. I'm on the opposite. Uh, but I think that this could be bad because he's talking about bringing free speech back. And while I'm all for free speech, I think what he means is allowing people like Donald Trump to come back on the platform, which makes me nervous. Uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I'm not an Elon Musk hater. People are acting like the world's ending because he bought Twitter. Personally, I don't I don't really see the big deal. Uh, it, it does set a dangerous precedent where a billionaire can just buy any company he wants. But I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. I used to be a big Elon Musk head. Big Elon Musk head. Yeah, man, I just... I I don't... I'm not going to pretend to care about the lives of billionaires anymore. They're the problem. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Yuki said, big problem with people hacking accounts, too. Yeah, true. All right. Let's move on to some gaming news again. Uh, Elden Ring data miner gets inaccessible Coliseum area actually working. This is from IGN. So back in March, Souls game hacker Lance McDonald, which is he's a pretty well-known name in the Souls community, managed to look around the game's locked Coliseum locations, speculating that they'd be used for DLC. Now, however, YouTuber Sekiro Doobie has uploaded a video <laughs> that seemingly reveals the Coliseum's hidden sites of grace, location names, and even battling NPCs. Sekiro Doobie used a map editor called DS Map Studio to effectively break into the Coliseum in the Lendell area, see what was cut, and then piece it all back together, revealing that the developer from software seemingly intended to use it for actual gladiator fights. So in the video, it was actually a giant knight with a hammer or like an ax fighting a lion, one of those lion creatures that are in Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. uh, so you would actually be able to watch them fight, essentially. Uh, despite the new information, it's still unclear if the Colosseums spread across Elden Ring's world are an abandoned portion of the game that simply didn't make the final cut, or if they're early visions of a potential DLC. You know where the Coliseum was, right? Yeah. You yeah. call that? I actually have his video up behind us playing right now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I do know. Uh, and I was always curious as to how the fuck you get in there. So. Yeah, and a lot of people are speculating that it's going to actually be part of a DLC where you go to the past. Mm -hmm. uh, to fight From bosses. software. Yeah, no, no, just to see what it was like when there was a Coliseum that was open. Oh, 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 um, oh, oh. I thought you meant like from software bosses. They do it. Uh, well, that'd be cool if you could just fight bosses endlessly there. Mm -hmm. uh, but from software is known for doing DLC where you go to the past and you see old versions of mm -hmm. locations you already know. So people are speculating that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I can't wait for some Elden Ring DLC, my man. I'll tell you that. I know. And you know what? What's crazy is they've been putting out these like DLCs or I'm sorry, these updates mm -hmm. that are like DLC quality almost like adding NPCs in and quest yeah. lines and shit. So like it's fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, love that game. It's great. Uh, last week or last time we did a pod, actually, we talked about Halo and how they literally had like no content at all. 
Uh, they have since revealed their 2022 roadmap for Halo Infinite. Uh, this is coming from IGN. So the roadmap begins by focusing on Season 2, Lone Wolves, which will run from May 3rd to November 7th, dude. That's like six months. This game fucking blows dick, bro. I'm telling you, what the fuck are they doing? So Nobody wants a fucking game season that lasts 84 years. We're still in season one! The game launched fucking 80 years ago! I wouldn't get too upset because there's more bad news. Um, so this is going to launch with a new 100-tier battle pass, two new maps in Catalyst, Arena, and Breaker, Big Team Battle, and three new game modes in King of the Hill, Land Grab, and Last Spartan Standing, which is essentially uh, Battle Royale on big maps. I'm never fucking playing Halo again. Uh, campaign Network Co-op, which is online co-op, will be unveiled and released in late August. The Forge, which is a staple in Halo. Three months later, by the way, than they said it was going to. Is entering open beta in September. Not releasing, open beta. Uh, season 2 will also feature these new things called Fracture Modes. Uh, this The first one's called Entrenched. With its first week starting May 24th, uh, it's two narrative events in... What? The way this is written is so bad. Season 2 will also feature a new Fracture mode in Entrenched, with its first week starting on May 24th, and two narrative events in Interference from May 3rd to May 16th, and Alpha Pack from July 19th to August 1st. There's way too many words there and not enough periods, and they need to fix that. Uh, these multiplayer narrative events will place your Spartan in the center of an evolving seasonal storyline. So this reminds me of like Apex, how they have those little stories, uh, maybe Titanfall 1, how they had the multiplayer co-op or campaign thing. So Here's the thing. Yeah. Here, here's what really gets me, dude. Here's what grinds my fucking cock. All right? What's that? What's that? The game is good. The fucking game feels good. It's awesome. The core loop is there. You fucked it royally into oblivion by being idiots. Yeah. Well, there's been some news that have, has come out. This isn't part of the story, but we can just riff on it a little bit if you want. Uh, Chris Raygon, I believe his name is. Uh, Chris from... Raygon Maldonado from Last Stand Media. Yeah, Last Stand Media. Uh, he was saying in a joke tweet that apparently most of Halo Infinite's development time was making an Overwatch clone. Uh, and then... The last two years of development were actually regular Halo multiplayer. And then Jason Schreier actually did an article today where he said the same thing and confirmed basically that the last two years of development for Halo Infinite multiplayer was just regular Halo, but everything up up until that point was an Overwatch clone. So. Why does 343 still have the ability to make fucking Halo? Why? They, Sucks, need, they need to be fucking, they need their keys taken away, they need to be put in timeout, and then they need to be shut down and dissolved. Because Bonnie, fucking Ross, whatever her name is, doesn't know what the fuck is going on, dude. She does not. And apparently a lot of this is, they're taking all these delays because of mental health. Uh, that's their, they, they use that as their excuse. I'm all for mental health advocacy, uh, you know, do what you gotta do. The game shouldn't have come out then. Yeah. Unfortunate. Game shouldn't have come out then. Well, in other news, Josh, uh, CD Projekt is looking into menstrual leave after GOG announcement. This is coming from PC Gamer. Uh, in a huge step for equality in the workplace, both within the games industry and beyond, 
GOG recently announced that it started offering menstrual leave to its employees. <coughs> Excuse me. This means that whenever period pains occur, affected employees can take as much time off as needed to recover. I'm dying. <coughs> uh, the menstrual leave days will be fully paid. Josh, you have to take over. <laughs> uh, I'm not following along in our notes. This means that whenever, uh, wait, the menstrual leave days will be fully paid with GOG uh, estimating that it will result in affected employees taking an additional day off per quarter. Uh, when asked whether the menstrual leave initiative might also extend to GOG's parent company, CD Projekt, CD Projekt PR director Radek Grabowski had this to say, quote, GOG is spearheading this initiative and we're looking into it further for the whole CD Projekt team, end quote. That's it. You back? I won't lick you till you come. Back. Okay. <clears throat> oh, man. Christian asked me to stop menstruating. Uh, where'd you leave off? That's it. I read it all. Oh, yeah. So this is good for the game industry and the world as a whole. We're going to get menstrual leave. Uh, I am choking on the Neurofactor. That is correct. <laughs> um, no, as I said, I have a head cold and it's fucking me up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's weird that he kind of like tiptoed around this. GOG is part of CD Projekt, right. so it's weird that he wouldn't just be like, "Yes, we are," but like, whatever. All right, moving on. Um, sorry for having a uh, stroke in the middle of a very important topic. There, I am not sexist. I swear. A win for uh, menstruation. That's right. Um, so this is like just something I wanted to sh shout out. Valheim has now sold over ten million copies. Uh, this is a little indie game, plays Vikings and stuff, and it's very fun. Uh, fun fact, tweet... Brett, two of those 10 million are us. That's right. Uh, in a tweet from Iron Gate Studio, they said, thank you to every single one of you who got us this milestone. When we launched the game, we could never in our wildest dreams have imagined this. So it's a very small team. Mm -hmm. 10 million copies is a lot of uh, moolah being made, yeah. so I'm very happy for them. Yuki says three, Christian makes four, so we're four out of 10 million. Hell yeah, dude. That game's awesome. That game so. slaps. I would love to go back and play it. I'm sure it's very different now. Yeah, there's a lot of updates that have come out, I would imagine. Yeah. All right. This one is pretty big for wrestling fans, uh, if you're a fan of wrestling video games especially. All Elite Wrestling's new game is named after a crowd chant. And brother, that's too sweet. Uh, after AEW Dynamite and Rampage went off the air, President Tony Khan came out to the live crowd and announced the official name of its upcoming video game. Its name will be AEW Fight Forever. Uh, Fight Forever is one of many infectious chants wrestling fans erupt into, letting wrestlers know how impressed they are with their in-ring schmoving, hoping the slobber knocker slugfest on display never ends. Wow, the guy who wrote this is not a wrestling fan. Um, so in addition to this, AEW ring announcer, Justin Roberts invited fans to perform a series of chants, which would be recorded for the game. What ensued was a rumble of chants for AEW world heavyweight champion, hangman, Adam page, dual Adam Cole, baby and boom chants and FTR Dax and cash chants. And of course, chance for the icon sting. So the game's coming along smoothly. They are, uh, doing voice lines and, and crowd chants and stuff now. So. Uh, I'm really excited for AEW Fight Forever. What is this about nipples? <laughs> Did you show your nips? No. Oh. 
Josh, you can get banned on Twitch. Rub them. It looks like you pulled your nipple out, and I just didn't see it. I did not pull my nipple out. Okay. You have no idea what's going on. I think you should just continue. Well, I was reading a story from well, Kotaku. Listen, listen, bro. What can I tell you? Um, Should I pull mine out? I feel like I'm missing out. Like, Yeah, you should pull yours out. I did mine. It would only be fair. I don't believe you. Turn around. I don't, I'm not gonna, oh my god, there's... My dogs are barking. I apologize. Um, variable refresh rate functionality is coming to... Do you hear that? Yes. You hear my dogs? Yes. Awesome. Uh, variable refresh rate functionality is coming to PS5 this week! Uh, this is coming from Nibel on Twitter, the man. Uh, if you don't know what VRR, variable refresh rate, is, basically it makes the game smoother. So there's no screen tearing or frame pacing problems, but your TV needs to support this feature. A couple of games, so like every game can support VRR, but there's a couple of games specifically that are going to make use of it mm -hmm. on PS5, and it's Astro's Playroom, COD Vanguard, Black Ops Cold War, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, Godfall, uh, Spider-Man Remastered, uh, Miles Morales, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and Tribes of Midgard, which is a AAA ripoff of Valheim. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not going to suck PlayStation off for this because this should have been there at launch of the PS5. It was there at launch of the Xbox One or Xbox Series consoles. Um, yeah. And it should have been there from the beginning. And the game in this list that desperately needed it when it launched was fucking Resident Evil Village. Holy yeah. shit. Holy yeah. fucking shit, dude. Yeah. So, I miss Christian's comment. Uh, he said, "This Wednesday we're going to AEW, and I'm as ord as the as a the Rock. I am also hard as a the Rock. Uh, yeah, we're going to AEW in Philly. If anyone watching is a fan of AEW or wrestling, uh, watch it. You'll see us on TV maybe because we're on the side where the hard cam's facing, and we got good seats. Uh, but also, if you're there, let us know. Hell yeah! But Josh." That's it for the Abysmal Chronicles. We're going to wrap it up. But before we get into our main topics, before we start the show, because we have not started the show yet, you are such a little fuck. You stole my bit. I was going to bring the dubby out. I have the unsealed thing of dubby right here. Do the fucking read, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, dubby is an energy drink, but it's good. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> w was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acid, and nootropics, including the patented Neurofactor, which I may or may not have choked on a little bit earlier. Uh, no calories, no sugar, no artificial colors, no fillers, none of the bad stuff, all good stuff. Uh, if you find it hard to work or study, you can use code SLICK to save on W. That's right. Save 10%. On your w.gg order by using code SLICK at checkout. Mm. My favorite flavor is Dub Sludge, which is probably going to key out, but uh, mm -hmm. it's the green one. That's my favorite flavor. Galaxy Grenade. That's what I'm drinking. It's fucking good. And I also got the 2.0 Shaker Cup, which is available on their website. A little different design than the first one. I'll show you what the difference is. Um, instead of like the ball, there's like a, a little filter right there. See that? Nope. Looks like an orange juicer. I'll juice you. You don't want to shove that or anything in that. I'll tell you that. But yeah, you do that. 
and you do this and you shake it and then it tastes good so uh again we are sponsored by w uh and you know what you can get sponsored by w too it's really easy to get sponsored by them they're awesome uh but use code slick you'll save 10 percent at checkout uh and they're probably this is what i don't like about i'm gonna be honest w i don't like something that you do i advertise your product right and you give me a code to give people and then they go on your website to use my code which is slick and you know what you do you say oh well you can save 20 percent if you use our code so they hook they make me tell them to go there and then when you're there you save so you know what Go on w.gg and you know what? Don't use code slick. There might no, be a code on there. No, no, use code slick. Help out the channel. Fuck W's code. Use our code. Well, if you want to save 20%, use uh, W's code. But if you Don't want to save 10%... And help out and, a channel. And help us out, use code slick. Fucking over here telling people to use fucking W's code. They don't pay us. We actually like their product and they decided to sponsor us and give us a code. And our code is slick. This is a certified hood classic. Slick. Alright, roll the fucking intro. Do it. We have bought Ubisoft. We bought Ubisoft, that's right. You heard it here for first, folks. Wait, before we do, Yuki said, Brett, didn't mention the DBZ stream. How did that go? I forgot to ask. So, that was just a test to see if I could do the stream from my setup, because Josh is the one that has all of the fancy equipment. Uh, and by equipment, I mean just software that has all the presets and all. So, that was me just doing it from my rig uh, with a different overlay and stuff. Uh, it went well. Uh, YouTube, for some reason, cut it off at like 40 or 20 minutes. So I streamed for an additional 20 minutes, just a test, um, but it went well, it was good. I had a couple of people come in that I've never heard of or seen before. Uh, they were asking me about the game, it was a mod. So I got to talk about that a little bit and uh, it went well, thank you for asking. Yeah, YouTube blows. Yeah, so. But it's better than Twitch. Well, not on the actual streaming infrastructure end of it. No, it's not. So, all right, Brett. We are buying Ubisoft. Yeah. So just to reiterate, this is an official uh, press release from us to all of your ears, uh, from our mouths. Uh, Haptic Media LLC is buying Ubisoft. So. Uh, no, but for real. Okay, here we go. Uh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Saw that Neurofactor coming up. So, Brett, in yes. keeping with the trend of gaming industry consolidation. Yes. Ubisoft may be the next video game publisher to get acquired. 
Now, this is according to Bloomberg. We're taking some of this information from Bloomberg, from PC Gamer, whatever. What does this mean before we get into it? What does that mean? They're going to get acquired, Josh. I know, but what it about... It means an outside entity is going to come in and purchase them and take over operations, basically. And can we... Let's talk about the the history of this, too, a little bit. So we know that in the past, Ubisoft has actually been almost a victim of a hostile takeover. Right, correct? by Vivendi. Right. So that, that, was, that was a case where an outside organization tried to basically purchase um, the majority of shares from the company. So take a majority stake in the company, not necessarily fully directly, but in pockets here and there so that they would have control over a publicly traded company, basically. Yeah. So um, a little more background, I guess, as far as continuing the trend in the gaming industry with this. So, the biggest story recently of this, right, was Microsoft acquiring Blizzard, right, Activision Blizzard. They also, Microsoft also acquired ZeniMax, so Bethesda. Take-Two bought Zynga. Embracer Group absorbed Gearbox. Uh, Sony bought Bungie. Um, you know, so this has been happening now for a while, right? And it seems like there's almost like an arms race of acquisitions going on in the gaming industry, right? So yeah. according to Bloomberg sources, Brett, quote, several private equity firms including, I'm going to list two of them, Blackstone Inc. and KKR and Company have been studying the French business, end quote. Again, Ubisoft is French. So a little bit of background on this before we talk about it and go in further. What is a private equity firm, Brett? Basically, Well, I'm going to explain it to you right now. Basically, it's an investment management company, right? So a company that takes money and invests it in places that provides financial backing into into and for startup companies, conglomerates, operating companies, individuals, uh, groups, whatever it might be. Uh, and basically they do it via buyouts. So completely just taking over something and completely buying it out. Venture capital. So providing money for startups, essentially, or new ideas, new companies, whatever it might be. Um, and growth capital. So investing money into already established companies and industries and whatever it might be. Okay. Now, does that make sense? Basically, it's a it's a it's an organization, a company that takes money and puts it in other places for the interest of that company, but also to invest in new companies, new ideas, established companies, whatever it might be. Okay, and the actual private equity firm could be owned by somebody, could be run by somebody, could be an individual, a group, could be a bunch of companies or organizations together that have a private equity firm. There's a million things it could be. Okay, does that make sense? No, but okay. Uh, let's get let's let's uh ban Alpha Lucas in the chat. No bots. Get the fuck out of here, you little stupid cunt. Want to become famous? Buy followers, primes, and viewers on mountviewers.com. Okay, and you're banned. Bye bye. Um. Okay. So let's get uh the companies. So Bloomberg specifically mentioned Blackstone and KKR, right? I I want to read both of these to you, mainly because the one I think is interesting, if they actually acquired Ubisoft, okay? Blackstone does private equity amongst a multitude, does private equity, so they invest in private equity, their private equity firm, amongst other businesses they have, like financial services, basically gobbledygook, fucking Wall Street gobbledygook that they do. But they are mainly focused on, quote-unquote, uncovering great companies with untapped potential. That doesn't sound like Ubisoft to me. So I, that's why I wanted to mention that, because that, that's right from their website. KKR and company, though, <clears throat> however, Brett, they have a lot of private equity 
already in tech and media, including a minority stake in Epic Games. Minority stake means they own a, major a minority share of a company where they obtain basically voting power, pressure power, uh, in a minority stake. So a smaller holding, if you will, of a company, right? So I thought that was interesting, which is why I brought it up, because they already are invested private equity in Epic. Okay. Questions thus far? I feel like I'm fucking teaching a class. Uh, no. Okay. So, according to Bloomberg, I don't know what just happened. Ubisoft, according to Bloomberg, quote unquote, Ubisoft hasn't entered in, hasn't, has, hasn't entered into any serious negotiate negotiations yet with potential acquirers. But what about with us? Well, except with us. But the report was supported by Kotaku sources, including former and current Ubisoft developers, saying that the company will eventually sell to someone because their stock price is fucking plummeting and they have ongoing production struggles, which is interesting. I read an article today that said almost all of their games are very far away. Correct. And they just announced another one. I forget what it is. Uh, yeah, like a team battle. Uh, yeah. Something, yeah. something generic and stupid. Something that they promised won't have NFTs in it, but then it, it said it had something to do with NFTs. So Whatever. And then if you remember, Brett, back in December, uh, there was an Axios report excuse me um where and we we actually did a video on this too where ubisoft was like just hemorrhaging employees because yeah. of uh low pay issues with his creative direction better opportunities elsewhere workplace abuse all this stuff so ubisoft's in a tight bind and they very well could be among the next companies publishers gaming company that's going to be acquired so what are your thoughts I think that, yeah, the writing's on the wall. Uh, they've been struggling for a while. Their games continue to be mediocre. Um, I am not a fan of probably any current Ubisoft game that has come out in the last five years. Um, like I said on Twitter, I have my tweet I pulled up here. Um, if I were to buy Ubisoft, what I would do immediately, uh, I would make more UbiArt games, which were phenomenal. They, they have a whole framework built out for that. They closed UbiArt. Well, it's a framework. It's a. It's I understand a, what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I would make more games in that in that uh in that framework. Mm -hmm. I would also award myself the platinum trophy in Rayman Legends, which is a notoriously abysmal trophy. Uh, I would cancel all future Assassin's Creed games, which apparently they're going to do that themselves uh, by making just one Assassin's Creed game that's like a live service. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I will sign off on the Mortal Kombat X Rabbids crossover title, which I think we all. I've been waiting for for a long time, ever since Rayman Raving Rabbids came out. Sure, absolutely. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that um, it, the writing's been on the wall. I mean, we've been hearing about them getting hostily, host, hostily taken over. Is that how you would say that? Uh, and all these acquisitions are, are happening. I, I just don't know if like they'd be worth what they would want. Does that make sense? So... I, 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 they, have a, they have a lot of valuable IP. But I put that with an asterisk because I don't know how valuable some of it is anymore. I don't know how valuable Far Cry is anymore. I don't know how valuable Assassin's Creed is anymore. I don't know how valuable Tom Clancy is anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. To me, if I was running Ubisoft, I'd be like, okay. 
were critically not doing great, right? Yeah. Even though I think Far Cry was probably better than people gave it credit for, Far Cry 6, but critically, they're not doing great. Commercially, they're not doing great either, right? Comparatively to where they were. If I were them, I'd be like, okay, we need to scale back these massive hundreds of million dollars projects, right? Probably shut down some studios. Bring back UbiArt, dude. Bring it back. Do smaller games. Do do games like Child of Light, like Rayman. Do those games that will take less time to develop, take less staff, have less overhead, and be cheaper. And you could probably make more on them. See, they're doing that now, but they're doing it with these titles that are like free-to-play bullshit games that like nobody wants, you know? So There's like no soul to them. Right. So I, I I don't know I I won't be surprised uh, if this gets announced. It'll be interesting to see who does it, who actually acquires them, if it happens. But yeah, I mean I'm all for I'm off. Well, I am for and I'm not for consolidation. I like things to be neat, and I like like I would love if PlayStation or Xbox picked up Ubisoft just to keep things rolling. But at the same time, like, do we really want this like monopoly? I don't know. No, but what what does Ubisoft add to Xbox or PlayStation's ecosystem? I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't really I don't understand know. the value of Ubisoft anymore. Their backlog of games is probably very, very appealing to Sony with their new PlayStation Plus. I will say that. Sure, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a toss up. I don't know. I just uh, I think that they ruined their own IPs. Like they milked their IPs so hard, the value went lower and lower and lower. And now, like maybe twenty, twenty, maybe like ten years ago, if you said, you know, Assassin's Creed, I'd be like, that's a very valuable IP to have. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like service, but I just don't know. Don't know. I'm ready to move on. It says, wait, it says we're offline. I don't think we're offline. We're here. What, what, Twitch, just said, Twitch just said video is unavailable. Oh, we're live. Yeah, we're live! I don't know what's going on. YouTube is fucking everything up, dude. Yes. Alright, we're back. We're good? I don't know I where we left we, off, but I don't. I don't think care. we ever left. Christian says you're back that's now. Weird. Yeah, that's that's weird. It also says we have nine viewers, which doesn't sound right. But I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about God of War Ragnarok. Go ahead. Coming out? Is it not coming out? So. Well, let's let's bring up why we're talking about this first. So to celebrate the last God of War game, so 2018's four-year anniversary, director Corey Barlog released a video saying, uh, quote, I just wish that we could share Ragnarok footage with you, but it's just not ready to be shown, end quote. Bullshit. So, so that led to some concern among fans that the game would see another delay, but after a fan on Twitter asked Sony Santa Monica animation director Bruno Velasquez, he simply said, quote, unquote, Ragnarok is coming this year. So, here's the thing. We haven't had a trailer, a proper trailer, for Ragnarok, right? We did. Yet. 
well, September of last year. No release date yet. No more information about it. Nothing like that. Nope. So. You don't think it's coming. I'm torn, right? Because first of all, I do want to say that we know that you were wrong, right? You said April or May of this year. So that's it. We got 30 days, brother. It's not coming out in the next 30 days. Um, and my original stance was that if it doesn't come out by the middle of this year, it's not coming out in 2022 because historically PlayStation does not release. There hasn't been a single case where they released a first party game in the winter or fall of a year. They just haven't historically. Oh, brother, this guy Look, stinks! I'm looking at historical data here, brother. They haven't. Okay? They haven't. So that's why I was like, if it doesn't come out by the middle of this year, I don't think it's coming out in 2022. Maybe it could come out in fall, winter, but I don't know. So I was like, oh, more likely 2023, probably around February, right? Which would make sense. But then... This guy is the animation director for the game, and you would think that he knows what the fuck he's talking about, right? So, if we take him at his word, then I guess the game's coming out in fall or winter of this year. But I'm here to tell you, I don't think it's coming out this year. I think that could be him trying to hype himself and the team up. Like, it is coming. Like, oh, it's coming this year. And then, like, it doesn't. You know, like, but that's the, thing the only is, way I... You're, you're going to... It, it, you have to start now. You have to start the marketing now. Like, what are you doing? Even the last game, which it was a six-month turnaround from announcement to launch. Six months. You're, you're there, brother. Go, go, go. Yeah, if you wanted to come there. out this year, you need to go now. And you're not going now? Then it's not coming out this year. I don't think PlayStation, forget Santa Monica, whether the game is ready or not. PlayStation's not going to allow that to happen. They're going to milk the fucking shit out of this, dude. I don't know why Ori said that the footage is not ready to be shown. How is it not ready to be shown? They literally had a trailer with gameplay that made the game look like it was done. Right, but I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean it's not ready to be shown? Now, does this have to do anything with the, the pedophile or whatever that did the mocap for it? I doubt it. I don't think so. Right, it's not like the voice Christopher Judge was, or anything. That know. was a deep cut. I forgot that that even happened. But I don't think they would. You don't really think they would re mocap the stuff that he did just to get him out of the credits. No, right? no. I doubt that they would do that. Um, I'm trying to find an article. So I was on Twitter today, actually, and I forgot to put it in our notes. But one of the members of the team of God of War Ragnarok. We did a picture of his daughter playing God of War, the first, well, 2018, and said, I wish I could, or my daughter loves playing God of War Ragnarok. I wish I could show you, but I can't. So I'm going to show you footage of uh, the first game. I'm going to show you her playing the first one instead. So everyone, oh, it was on Dual Shockers. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, the person was like jumping to conclusions that it, they were a writer from India, Dual Shockers India, so the English was a little broken, but mm -hmm. he was implying that because the daughter is able to play Ragnarok at home, it's finished, which is not true. That's not <clears> the <throat> case at all. Uh, it's probably being played on a dev kit or something. Yeah. Um, so 
my 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 gut check is that this is not coming out in 2022 it just there's too many things stacked against it and if it does then guess what i'll eat my own shit dude that's fine but my gut check tells me that there is no way in hell this game is coming out this year even if it's ready playstation is not going to allow it to happen that way it's just i don't i don't understand it if not this year it's going to be january of next year february it won't come out in january games game games and movies go to die in january they're not going to release it in january it'll be february um and why does why would Corey barlog even open his fucking mouth and say the footage isn't ready how it was the it was the anniversary yeah but, yeah but how is your footage not ready the trail like the, the trailer cut's not ready maybe that's what he meant and that makes me think that we're gonna get something soon we better <laughs> Well, there's been this rumored PlayStation fucking showcase or whatever, state of play, for fucking what feels like a million years. No, there ain't nothing coming, brother. There ain't no showcase. There's nothing. Maybe this summer. Maybe summer is Games Fest or whatever it is, that Healy thing. Or maybe PlayStation oh. will do, do something. I don't know. Maybe. But you got to, if this game's coming out this year, you got to move now. And my gut check is telling me I don't know, which is a shame because if it does, if it did come out in the latter half of this year, the consumer side of me is like hell yeah because there's kind of crickets for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? We need something. So, um, that's it. I don't know. All right, I do think it's coming this year. Be well, optimistic. Well, we'll see. Being optimistic. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the final topic of the day: indie intel. The segment where we take a game that is indie and we give you the intel. And today we're talking about a game that was just shown off for the first time four days ago. It is called No Return and it is by Studio Blame Tech. Um, it is being published by Pixmain, which is the publisher of the video game My Time at Porsche, which some of you might be familiar with. Uh, and it's also, No Return is also a part of Enter the Dragon which is a week-long celebration of the unique and innovative games being developed by studios from across the greater China region, and it's being hosted by Pixmain, which is the publisher. So, what is No Return? Well, it is a first-person psychological horror game set in modern-day China with a particular focus on a specific family tragedy. It follows the protagonist as he returns from work to his family home, only to find it transformed into a never-ending loop of hallways that result in a nightmare. The story unfolds as he attempts to navigate this unsettling maze in a desperate attempt to uncover the mystery and reclaim his shattered memories. This game is very heavily inspired by PT, and there is no doubt about that. Some gameplay features. Uh, our protagonist embarks on a mind-shattering journey that fuses fantasy with reality as he scavenges for clues to understand what has happened. Uh, it features Dreamcore Psycho Horror Experience, uh, which is a highly immersive experience presented through high-quality environments and sound effects that make it seem like you're in a dream you cannot wake up from. The hyper-realistic graphics very much like PT. Uh, and it also features Chinese folklore-based puzzle elements. So the gameplay introduces elements of Chinese folklore, which connect the living and the dead. This also offers clues that can be used to solve puzzles and unlock precious memories from the past. What do you think from watching the trailer? Looks good. It, uh, I mean, definitely PT vibes. It also reminds me of, um, what was, um, 
detention vibes. Uh, not detention. Devotion. Devotion vibes. Yes, thank you. Uh, from Red Candle. So. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, looks so the, cool. The, the game doesn't have a Kickstarter or anything like that. It's actually on Steam right now. You can wishlist it. They're aiming for a quarter three 2022 release. So this mm-hmm. fall, uh, I say go check it out. Add it to your wish list if you think it looks cool. If you think yeah. you want to play a game like PT again, but a finished narrative, obviously, uh, this could be the one. And supporting a Chinese dev, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, saw it was picked up by IGN, which is cool. Yeah, IGN did a whole story on it, and they added it to their... Uh, they dropped that GG competitor. I forget what it's called. IGN fucking... IGN ripoff, IGN CAC. I don't remember what it's called, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they added it to that as well. So cool. So yeah, that's all I got for you. All right, no return. Links will be in the uh, description. Only check it out. All right. All right. Listen, Hatcast episode sixty-eight. That was it. We're gonna be back next week with episode sixty-nine. Like we said, with special guest Stephen Hebenstreet. That's former right. co-host i believe and, and i believe we're doing that thursday next week correct uh i believe so yeah i mean stay tuned to our uh our twitter, twitter. is the best place yeah yeah the, the elon musk owned twitter is the best place to uh find us hell yeah um so yeah nice indeed frankly uh yeah so uh make sure you follow us on socials make sure you share it with your friends make sure you're subscribed um make sure you suck us off we did we didn't talk about it but we did a few weeks ago the uh unclaimed baggage episode four um so you know thanks for your love kindness and support on that one check it out those videos uh are expensive and take a long time to produce so if you haven't checked it out yet please do uh it's quite funny i spent like over a hundred dollars the last one i'm sure you are nuts I'm sure you spent probably close to 50 to 100 as well. So somewhere um, in that range, I don't really remember. But yeah, they're not they're not cheap to make, and we appreciate all the support when you guys check it out. So thank you for that. And then I also want to say we are at 570 subscribers on YouTube. If you're watching us on Twitch, uh, you need to know that we are also a YouTube channel. That is where we put a lot of our content. Um, we're I think we're YouTubers more than we are Twitch streamers. So. Check us out on YouTube. We are at 570, and the goal is 1,000. I know it seems far away, but mm-hmm. one day, we're going to hit it. So The goal sure is 100,000. Well, the goal is 5,633,000,004. But unfortunately, you need to hit uh, 1,000 first. And the reason I want to hit 1,000 is because then we are official YouTube partners again, and uh, we can start monetizing our stuff again, and... Um, What's Thank the you. number that we retire at? Well, if we don't hit a thousand by no, 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 you're not understanding. I, let me rephrase that. What is the number where we retire from our day jobs at? Oh, well, we would need to be financially stable. That's what I'm saying. So, what's that number? And I, I mean, even at five hundred thousand, I doubt you're financially stable. Really? I would imagine for both of us, we would split it. Unless we're getting like donations from streams and stuff, but yeah, I don't think I don't. Well, maybe half a mil, realistically, maybe I don't know. Make it a money amount. If we could, oh, with overhead, right? If we had money to support the channel and fund videos, mm-hmm. and with overhead, 
I would retire at if if we could each make sixty five to seventy k a year from really? this. Yeah, I would do that. I could probably go before that, but yeah. Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree there. You know what I'm saying? I, I just I I don't want to. That's not the max, but that's where we would start. That's where that's where I'd be like, all right, I'm retiring for my job, and I'm doing this yeah. full, full time. You know I would agree with you. If we both made sixty four thousand a year, I would one million percent. Yes. Yeah. And also have enough overhead to fund videos. Yeah, I would be able to pay for my house with that. And yeah. that's exactly that's what I would need. So. Exactly. So. Yeah, I would agree with you. So. Let's make yeah. it happen. <laughs> get, get us to a thousand subs on face or uh, facebook on youtube uh facebook we, is we do awful. stream on facebook too but it's awful and jeff i'm just gonna say it, jeff bezos that is not that billionaire uh mark kuckerberg yuki said 150k you guys got this Ooh, that would be 150k nice. a year between the two of us plus the channel absolutely got this we got this we got this gotta so. manifest it into reality the only thing I'm going to manifest in reality is urination in a second. So, I thought I, you said your your nation. No, urination. I have to pee. So, anything else that you want to anything else that you want to say? No, I just want to say uh, I love everybody that came by. Thank you guys for watching. Yes, uh, we have to do the uh, timestamps and stuff, and then we're yeah. getting off. And yeah, and then I'm going to pee, and then I'm going to grab a snack, and then I'm going to play apex and then i will see you saturday yuki and hopefully uh you too christian thank you guys again uh, for your support there i really appreciate it um and uh, yeah that's it all right goodbye when i tell you i have to pee i'm telling you it's not even funny how bad i have to fucking pee right now go pee dude will josh pee the world may never know. Josh has told me that uh, the stream is still running. He is going pee. And that you can hear me, but... Oh, I hear him peeing. I hear your pee. Can you hear me? Oh, that's awesome. I hear Josh peeing. It sounds a little like this. Good job peeing. Oh, fuck my ass, dude. All right. All right, I'm going to end this thing. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye.